Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Sell Better Daily Show. I'm going to share my screen in just a moment. All right. How's everyone doing? Uh, as you're jumping in, let us know in the chat where you're calling in from. I am here in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, it's starting to get cold. What about you, Zach? Where are you at again? You're in Austin, right? Austin, Texas. It's uh, it's finally not 105 every day. So we're we're getting into the 70s, high, low 90s. So it's uh, much more bearable. Nice. Glad to hear. I was there a couple months ago and yeah, it was it was brutal. Um, Cool. Well, I you want to jump in. Uh, Zach, obviously you just had a kid. I, I want to ask you, um, how has it been running a company? And I'm interested to talk about some of the ways that SIFs help, but running a company while also having a you know brand new baby, how's that been going? Yeah. Well, number one, got to shout out my wife. Uh, she did a great job. So was was pretty amped about that uh, three weeks ago. So it's, it's very new. Uh, also want to shout out my team for picking up the slack as I uh, took some time off, which was great. Uh, Ironically, we had our best month ever in company history. So maybe I need oh, to great. I need to take some more time off. Is apparently the uh, the takeaway here. Um, but yeah, like just staying com- very very organized. We use Notion as a as a team internally. So yep. just documenting all of our tasks and who's owning what and what the deliverables are. It's kind of it's interesting. You got to like uh, when your time is even more limited than it was when you're on, you have to be really on. There's no like distractions during the day. So I've been like militant with my time and, and making sure I'm on on task, which is good. Nice, man. Love to hear it. Um, well, yeah. cool. Everybody who's just joined, uh, take a moment, let us know in the chat where you're calling in from. Also, you will see at the bottom of the Zoom bar there, there's a Q&A section. Please put all of your questions in the Q&A. We'll spend a good amount of time at the end of today's show going through all of your questions. I have a bunch that I'm going to ask, but I'm sure you guys have questions you want to ask as well. So go ahead and put those in the Q&A. Also, one last thing, when you're making comments in the chat, make sure to change it from host and panelist to everyone. That way we can all see the chats that you guys are sending to everyone. Um, but we're going to jump right in and then we'll get started with some content. So this is another part of our AI series. Today, we're going to be talking about how to identify warm leads with AI and write messaging to them. Um, my name is Jed Marley. I'm the director of sales at Mailshake. I'm super excited for this one specifically because Zach Wright literally built a company that does exactly what we're talking about, Sift AI. He's the co-founder and CRO. And so he has been, Zach, how long have you been doing this at Sift now? Two, three years? Yeah, we've been building it for three years. I jumped full-time uh, last July, which is exciting. Awesome, man. Glad to hear it. So yeah, uh, this is yeah. what Zach does all day, every day. So I'm super excited to talk about this. Um, and real quick, I want to say thank you to our partners. Apollo, Demandbase, and Vidyard for making these shows possible. Again, thank you, Apollo, Demandbase, and Vidyard. Uh, we actually just partnered up with Demandbase for the Sell Better Hotline. You guys may have seen this on LinkedIn. Um, it's actually a, a really cool and simple way to start kickstarting your personal brand on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, in 30 days. And so it's super simple. Scan this QR code or go to the website. And basically what you'll do is every day you'll get a daily content prompt to record a quick video. You will send that video back to the Sell Better team. They will edit it for you, make it look pretty, send it back to you. And then every day you have genuinely like pretty looking content to post based on relevant topics every single day. And there's also a whole Slack community where you can get coaching. So if you're interested in building your personal brand, this is completely free to join. I highly recommend you do it. Um, I'm already loving some of the videos that I've seen that come out from it. One last thing before we get started, uh, as you know, this is the daily show. So we're running shows every single weekday. Scan the QR code, go to the website, check out some of the free content we have here on Sell Better. Um, now let's jump into today's agenda. So we're going to cover a mix of things. First, we're going to talk about 
how and why uh, AI can help you uncover buying signals and why that's so important. We're going to talk about the concept of value matching strategies for more impactful prospecting and writing more relevant messaging, which is exactly what Zach and Sift uh, AI do. Um, and then last, we're going to talk about just crafting proven messaging. And Zach, as an example, is going to share with us as well based on some of these buying signals. Um, so super excited to jump in. I'm going to stop sharing my screen real quick. And Zach, I want to just start by asking you, um, why do you think it's so important when you're prospecting and building an outbound motion to look for and uncover buying signals and, and kind of the idea of value matching? Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. I think uh, the importance of it is we have to personalize our outreach to get through all of the noise, right? There's hundreds and hundreds of people reaching out to top level executives per day and their emails are flooded. So in order for you to actually get through all the noise, right? And get through what, what my CEO calls the fog of war, um, you got to personalize and stand out from the crowd. So you got to use quotes from their executives. You got to use their vernacular from their job postings. You got to talk specifically to uh, what challenges they might be facing given their specific activity. So personalization at scale is a challenge given legacy systems and sales because you like you can really only do that for a certain number of targets. Uh, so what we wanted to do is make that possible at scale and harness technologies like generative AI, but then still find a way to uh, make it sound very human and personalized and uh, and make sure you're focusing on the right accounts. Yeah, 100%. And I want to like for everybody listening, drop it in the chat, drop a one in the chat if your prospecting strategy when it comes to outbound is based on looking for buying signals that you write relevant messaging, messaging for or drop a two in the chat if this is something brand new to you so we can kind of get an understanding of where to take this conversation. Um, but Zach, you know, if like, let's say I'm a sales rep or account executive listening to this call. Um, and right now, you know, I see a lot of these emails. A lot of people are just sending emails like, hey, Zach, looks like you're the CRO at so-and-so company. Typically, CROs experience XYZ problems, right? That doesn't really cut it anymore. It's too generic. How mm -hmm. can you go about figuring out what buying signals are relevant to them and start incorporating that into their outbound? Like, are there things you would recommend or, or, you know, tools they can do and things of that nature? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it starts with a, a culture shift that we're not just going to drop 10,000 people into a, a sequence anymore. Um, and no, I'm not saying don't use awesome things like your, your company Mailshake. What I'm saying is break it up into micro campaigns so that you are, uh, outreaching to a lot smaller quantity of targets, but it's much more personalized in that grouping of targets. So maybe I have all of my acquisition accounts. Well, there are common challenges given your product uh, and related to your product given an acquisition, right? So speaking to those challenges and how your company is uniquely positioned to solve those challenges are certainly a, a way to stand out versus the generic uh, pain indicators that you mentioned just to kind of get uh, someone's attention because they're, uh, man, like it's crazy. I used to work at Oracle and you'd be so shocked. There's so many products at Oracle. Uh, there could be up to 80 people, 80 separate reps that sell 80 separate products yeah. that are all reaching out to the same person. Well, that's one company, right? Okay. So like now imagine everybody reaching out to your your prospects and trying to get their time I almost feel bad for uh, some of these executives because they're like, I imagine their their email is uh, is very cluttered. So we created SIF to ultimately 
be able to bucket your accounts by similarity and enable those micro campaigns and enable those value messaging that's focused on challenges and your associated value. So that's uh that's kind of what we've we've built to solve that challenge. Yeah, hundred percent. And like in your experience, like for example, when you were at Oracle or before you even built Sift, um, was this something you were doing before? Did you figure out like manual strategies to bucket your accounts and find these buying signals? Yeah, it's funny. I uh, like part of it was there was two things that really inspired uh, some of it. One was Google Alerts. Uh, I used to set Google Alerts, but then if you have 250 accounts and you got Google Alerts, you're getting 60, 70 emails a day. That's a Google Alert. And now it's just come becoming noise, right? So it's something that you ignore. It wasn't actionable. That was one. And then I was like, all right, I have found this secret of looking at job postings and job postings tell me a lot about what my prospects care about, whether it's a, a project name, they mention my competitors, my ecosystem partners, my uh, initiatives that I can solve for or who it rolls up to. All of these things are very important. I used to spend hours per week at Informatica. It was another, I was a field, field rep there, uh, just looking for data warehousing initiatives because we would move the data and cleanse the data and, and all of that. So um, that was just one of my prospecting strategies that worked very well. However, I had to put in so many hours to find that needle in the haystack. So I was like, all right, we need to find a way to, to scrape all of these keywords that we care about at scale um, and do that and surface the value matches. And I know we use, you brought up the value matching uh, part on the agenda. Just to kind of like define this term that, that we've kind of created is uh, value matching is the automatic connection between buyers and sellers across a problem solution set or a problem solution match. So we are, we are surfacing uh, prospects that are showing symptoms of problems that you solve. And then now you know which ones to really focus on. And then we've got all, we have partnerships with all the data providers. So we have the contacts and all of that. So we figure out, okay, here's the right accounts. Here's the right people. Bucket my accounts by similarity. And then let's, let's harness things like generative AI to create value messaging. So that's kind of the approach that we've taken. Yeah. I mean, I, I went through a similar path as well. When I was uh, an SDR at Pandadoc, it was the same thing. I was sending those automated emails that just say like, Hey, I see your, you know, your VP of sales. These are probably problems you're running into. And like the only people you're really going to get responses from with that messaging is the very slim amount of people that are already in the market for a solution like that, right? You hit them at the right time. And I slowly started figuring out, hey, if I start looking for different buying signals um, and then write my messaging around that, I could be a lot more relevant. The tool I used to start doing that, which still a bit manual, but still works today, was, was Sales Navigator, which I'm sure most people have access to. And you can find a lot of things, including job postings, which by the way, let us know in the chat if you're looking for relevant uh, indicators and buying signals in job postings, because I think that's probably the number one place to look for information. Um, but that's what I started doing. And that's how I started like actually turning my career around as an SDR was focusing on what are those buying signals I can find. And I think one thing, and I, I want to hear if you agree with this, Zach, but uh, for example, Facebook ads or, or, you know, I'll take the example of Facebook ads. That's been around forever. And the 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 idea of Facebook ads is that you go in there and you put in a very strict criteria of who you want to reach out to, you know, this gender, this age, this location, they're following these people, and then they're targeting their ads directly to those people. But for some reason in Outbound, we don't take what has worked so well in the advertising space. We just say like, here's a generic list of people, let me send messaging. 
we should take that same Facebook ads approach almost where we're getting really specific with who we want to reach out to. I think, you know, account targeting is the most important thing, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you agree with that? That analogy? Yeah. It's funny. When I first started at Oracle, I'm talking like right out of college, we were keeping track of all of our contacts in Excel. Um, so it's like, and searching their emails and phone numbers. This was before like really zoom info and all those other data providers had taken off. Um, but yeah, like I, I am, I am uh, a big proponent of, of measure twice and cut once kind of thing. Um, and, and finding that ideal prospect out there is, is definitely worthwhile at SIFT. What we do, sure. We have our targeted sequences that go out. Um, but our sales team, we also do the five by five. So, uh, for every, for every rep, we have five accounts that we are like, these are my top account. These are my top targets for this week. I'm going to take five contacts each and spend maybe 10 minutes researching this person, researching the company, uh, and do some very personalized outreach, uh, almost as if, and try to do it as if you're kind of like talking to a friend, right? Um, and, and not do it like the, the connect and pitch way, uh, I feel like is, is something that gets really annoying for a lot of end users, but trying to find commonalities, talking to them as they're a friend, uh, and getting in there in a, like a more informal way. I sell to sales, so it gets much more informal than yeah. my old jobs. Um, number one, because I like, I, I've sat in their shoes, so I know, know their pains, but I feel like sales in general is a little bit more informal. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think sales and marketing, yeah, you can you can get away with that a little bit more. Um, I want to uh, I want to jump into one of these slides, Zach. Um, talk us through. So we're going to go through a couple examples of like find buying finding buying signals and how you can write relevant messaging to them. But talk us through this one right now because it looks like what you're doing is exactly what we talked about: organizing accounts based on you know how quality they are, how targeted they are. But yeah, talk us through talk us through what we're seeing here. Yeah, what you're seeing here is a seller. Uh, that person is a medium enterprise rep. Uh, they're selling HR software. Um, maybe like a, if you're familiar with like a Workday or something like that. Uh, we've added the accounts. We've looked at trigger events that are uh, across the news. So maybe uh, maybe a, an H, a HR software company, they care about acquisition. They care about new HR leaders. They care about if uh, maybe legacy providers or legacy competitors are in there um, and it's something that they're high growth, maybe they can they can pitch a platform play because they've outgrown that legacy competitor. Uh, what we're looking for are, again, symptoms of problems that you can solve. So we set up with that with the admin, we would go in and actually say, these are all the things that we're looking for. And when we find it, here's how important they are. And then we're updating this every single day. So you're constantly focused on value matched accounts. You're not focused. You're not doing that. A lot of reps, they just do that once a year uh, at the beginning of the year because they have to. And like the first month that they get their territory or at best, maybe quarterly um, during their QBR because it's like a check the box scenario. Um, yeah. But we're trying to make this, okay, you're first to market because you saw this, this trigger event or this buying sign. Now personalize and get in there before anybody else does. Yeah. And I think this is so important, especially right now. And as we talk about the future of sales, because uh, I think as everybody's aware, it's easier to build software probably than it ever was before. And I think as a result, there's so many competitors in the space, especially if you're selling SaaS, which I'm sure a lot of people listening are. 
we're getting more and more competitors. And so one of the easiest ways to stand out is to look for these buying signals and being the first one to reach out uh, based on that, you know, that sort of messaging. Um, anybody listening, like I'll just kind of give a quick tip in terms of an exercise I did. And what I like about this screenshot here is that, you know, Zach has all the, like the triggers they found here, um, the keywords uh, from the research as well, the number of employees, the annual revenue industry, and then additional uh, attributes about accounts. But one thing you could do, you know, as a sales rep is like at the end of each month, look at all of the demos that you booked, or if you're, if you're a closer, look all the deals you closed, look at all the demos your team booked and the, and the deals your team closed. And then go through all of those customers, all of those deals, and try to figure out like what sort of patterns can you find? What industry were they in? What was their annual revenue, employee size, department size? Uh, did something like recent happen in the company? Did they uh, have a new product launch? Um, did they, you know, is their team size growing? Do they have uh, a new leadership, you know, person join the team? Basically, there's a whole bunch of patterns you can find within looking through those accounts. And that's a good way for you to kind of figure out and prioritize which accounts you want to reach out to in the next month. Um, so moving on to this next slide, uh, Zach, talk us through right here. It looks like the, the buying signal you found was an acquisition that happened. And I think this is a really good one to go after and write messaging for, but can you talk us through uh, what we're seeing here and why this is like an important buying signal? Yeah. Yeah. It, there were some questions on the last page if we want to go back or, oh, yeah. we, um, I think they were, uh, they were asking about the difference between triggers and, and keywords. Uh, there's triggers are just news events that we found so think of anything that's press release worthy like an acquisition or funding or ipo or new leadership maybe layoffs well keywords are things that we found in those job postings um which are my personal favorite and how i'm i'm finding some good information uh the firmographic data again firmographics are like someone asked where does this data come from um, we did not want to be in the game of, of firmographic data and like the contact data. So we outsourced that to, uh, like the leading, the leading data providers out there that give you like the employee count and revenue and industry. Um, and, and we, we provide that for our users. So, uh, what we're, what we're doing here is prioritizing these accounts. And then Jed, just to kind of connect it to the point that you made. Yeah. Looking back at the end of each quarter, okay, where were all of my wins? We can now go in and try to find similarities of things that happened at those accounts. And now that can drive our next quarter uh, campaign. So maybe maybe uh, someone was on uh, uh, QuickBooks as like a, a small business ERP, and they also they also had an acquisition in the last six months. Well, let's let's apply the you see there's a filter button there in the like left middle right <laughs> or uh, top left middle excuse me um we could start to filter by similarities of that criteria so here's 500 accounts give me all of them that mention acquisition and quickbooks in that example and now that's that might yield 20 accounts here's the 20 accounts that i'm going to do a very specific win story campaign to um, yeah. we, we did this with company X. We know we can do it with company with, with you guys. Um, so that just wanted to tie that up there. Yeah, no, I think it's really relevant. Yeah. I think just doing, distinguishing the difference between like what are buying triggers, which triggers to your point, um, you know, news events, things of that nature, and then keywords, which a lot of those come from job postings is really helpful to find. And yeah, you can use AI to go through and pull out these keywords within your customers to figure out what are the best, you know, companies to reach out to. Um, real quick, again, we have a Q&A. So if you guys have questions as we're going through this, please put as many questions as possible in the Q&A. We'll make sure to answer all of them. 
Um, so just just a quick reminder to put things in the Q and A there. Um, but real quick, so Zach, let's talk about acquisitions now um, and this kind of buying signal. How do you approach this and talk us through what we're seeing here as well? Yeah, so this is kind of this is kind of what's driving SIFT is this uh, this problem solution value matrix that we build for each of the trigger hits or or keyword hits at a company. What we're looking at here is from the perspective of of an HCM company, what are the HCM challenges a prospect might face given an acquisition? So then we'll uh, we'll surface. Hey, you could imagine if, if two companies are merging together, merging their employee data, updating access rights, establishing uniform pay structure, uh, and then looking at our customers' uh, solution, we can then apply the the contextually relevant uh, value statements that solve each of those challenges. Um, and then we can plug those into value sequencing or value value emails or any type of value output. What's important about this is, sure, we can create value messages and, and valuable outreach so that we can stand out from the crowd, but it's also enabling our reps because this is just one example of acquisition. But if we look at a, a unique trigger hit that was found at a, a different company, and look at a different problem lens other than HCM, maybe a company sells more than one product, we can enable the reps on what challenges their prospects are facing and how they can solve those challenges. So it, it is finding really good, solid pipeline that's more likely to close, but it's also enabling our reps to think challenge focus on, on what are the challenges my prospects are facing and how do we solve those challenges. So it's kind of a, a two for one there, and it's bringing in and operationalizing a lot of the the sales enablement as well. So that was that was pretty exciting. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like if you notice within the accounts you're reaching out to that there's a recent acquisition, there's so many challenges that come with that, and so there's so many ways to kind of intertwine what you do as a product or service into what they're facing with an acquisition. Obviously, Zach just mentioned a bunch of them here, but yeah, like when you're when there where there's an acquisition, you have to you know, figure out which technologies we're going to use. You have to like uniform the messaging. And so there's so many different ways to fit in. Same thing with a lot of other common buying signals, right? If there's a new leadership change, that means that they're probably making a lot of changes to the process or if they're hiring their team and they're growing, that means there's growing pains that come with that and you can fit your solution into uh, the things that you're noticing from these buying signals. Um, so this is, a, looks like this is an email that that you or, or, or Zach, your team or your software wrote based on this buying signal. Can you talk us through like some of this messaging and kind of an example of how you reach out? Yeah. And this is just showing like operationalizing some of the challenges and, and the associated values that you saw on the previous card. Um, I like the format. Uh, I notice or I observe X, uh, X event, in this case, an acquisition. Yep. This, can this can lead to these challenges. Here's how we solve those challenges. And then a call to action. That's a that's a great succinct first email, in my opinion. So what this would look like in the flow, uh, like uh, how you would flow through SIFT is first we we did have that prioritized view of accounts. We could filter our accounts by acquisition uh, and create a list because we create a, an area called workspaces that we didn't show here. But then call upon that list and get the right contacts. Maybe I want to talk to the head of HR or this chief people officer um, so I might gather all of those contacts from that list of accounts that we get, and then let's create a value sequence. And then we integrate, we don't do the actual, uh, the sales messaging. We leave that to the experts like MailShake and, and outreach and sales loft. 
So we integrate uh, to the the sales engagement platforms out there and and send this value sequence. So this is the first message of of many. Uh, you can choose like a, a five step sequence. We could ship off that uh, sequence with the right contacts to your engagement platform, and now you're value selling at scale um, and, and making it where that five by five is not something that you just say and and don't do because it's too uh, too challenging. But you're really executing on that that five by five. Yeah, hundred percent. And like one thing I like to do, uh, similar to you, Zach, I'm sure is like what I'll do is I'll, I'll find like. You know, we, we're a little bit more SMB focused or a little bit more volume in terms of my sales team. And so uh, we don't spend as much time as we would researching, like, let's say an enterprise account that we're going after. And so we tend to like say, let's go find 10 companies that just had an acquisition, right? And they have a sales team of this size. They're in this industry, in this location. And then we can pretty much craft one message that's pretty relevant to all of them. So we don't have to spend a ton of time researching and personalizing each email. Um, that is like, a really important strategy in our process, right? Like every week, every month, we're bucketing accounts based on these buying signals and sending pretty much one message all of them that sounds relevant. I'm curious if that's something you do the same. Are you going in and kind of like personalizing each email or are you bucketing accounts and contacts and kind of sending one sort of email to all of them? Well, I, I do a mix of both. Uh, I will have, hey, here are all my acquisition accounts. For us at SIFT, um, while layoffs is a... Uh, a very unfortunate thing. These organizations still have pipeline and quota numbers that they have to hit. So for layoffs, we can reach out to those executives to help them do more with less um, acquisition, high growth. Maybe if someone is spending on a competitor, we might reach out to them. So we could do a, if I could bring in all of my, uh, for a specific competitor, I could do a sequence that's that's tailored to that. Or if it's a top account, like in that five by five example that I gave, then I will be doing personalized one-offs uh, to those folks. So it's kind of a mix of both. We also like to get creative in in our outbound vehicles. So not just not just LinkedIn, not just email or cold call, but also I'm a big proponent of, of Twitter as well and and uh, YouTube as well. So I'm uh, trying to do the social selling aspects as well and have been uh, have been trying to figure that out uh, along the way in my new entrepreneurial journey but um, it's been it's been great no that's cool I've uh, it's interesting you say that because I've been talking to a lot of people recently who say they're actually using Twitter for for prospecting and doing outbound absolutely what 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 is kind of your approach to that like are you just going on are, are you like finding the prospects there or are you just doing content on on Twitter you mentioned YouTube as well you have yeah, I, I find something that someone really cares about and they're passionate about it. I feel like Twitter and I guess we should call it X uh, is is where uh, they might post something very passionately and you can just comment. Um, I like to, when I agree with something, I like to say like, yes, in all caps, and then I will, I will add on to it. So I'm contributing to the conversation. And now when I reach out to them in another uh, vehicle, whatever it might be, a, a DM or um, an email or whatever it might be, they might recognize my name. It's just another touch point, right? Yeah. I also like the Slack communities. Um, and I, I recently posted on this, uh, but joining Slack communities, I joined Pavilion, Rev Genius, uh, and uh, RevOps Co-op. I, those were like specific sales ones. So join Slack communities that are relevant to your industry and then now you can start plugging in. Um, I, I would 
mentioned, these communities, they don't want you to just directly pitch everybody. That's not the point of it, right? The point is to build relationships with these people. And then once once they start asking for questions, you can answer and, and offer up a, a conversation. So um, social selling and, and direct outreach, these are two things that go hand in hand. And it's just another touch point to make you uh, familiar when you do reach out to them. So it's a little less cold and a little bit more warm. Yeah, I love you mentioned the uh, the Slack communities. I think whatever industry you sell into, there's always a community for that somewhere, right? Like if you're selling some sort of real estate software, there are Facebook groups that have, you know, Facebook real estate groups, right? Um, if you're selling SaaS, there's tons of Slack communities. There's lots of LinkedIn communities. Again, Facebook, LinkedIn, Slack, there's tons of communities. And one thing that we've done uh, for some of the Slack communities we're in is that in Slack, you can actually set up keyword alerts so that anytime somebody posts about a keyword that is relevant to you, you get notified. Now, again, to your point, Zach, you don't want to be just a shark in these Slack communities, just trying to yeah. everybody because you're going to get kicked out and damage your relationship. But you know, you can find examples where you can legitimately help people. And then I like to take that conversation to email or maybe like a private DM. Um, but yeah, we set up these keywords, for example, all of our competitors, all the keywords related to mail shakes, so like email, open rates, whatever. Um, and then anytime somebody's talking about this, even if it's just, so again, we're a cold email software, even if they're just talking about email advice, um, that relates to what we do. We can help them out and then potentially reach back out later down the line because we built that trust. And so that's a really good tip. I think another one on the topic of buying, buying signals is if you sell software, going on G2 Crowd and Captera and looking at reviews. Um, I have a friend of mine who's building a software company. And one of the first things he did was he went to uh, the software reviews of one of his biggest competitors, filtered by all like the one and two star reviews, and then scraped all of those. Wow, that's people. genius. Yeah, and then reached out to them and say like, hey, saw your review on G2 Crowd. Looks like you're struggling with XYZ related to competitor. Here's how we can help. So there's so many, I mean, I think my point is- Yeah, taught me something, Jed. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Dude, it's a, yeah, it's a really good idea if you're selling software. And again, um, you know, if anybody's curious how, how to do this, all those sort of things, just hit me up because I can explain more context. Um, but yeah, the point is there's just so much information available to us online and with AI that you can find out most of this information you want to find in your prospects and these buying signals just by knowing which tools to use and how to research. Yeah. And I would say like uh, along the lines of the Slack channels, I think that's been really helpful for me. Um, originally when I wasn't selling to sales, I didn't speak their lingo, right? I was selling data, data platforms at the time or like integration software. So I wouldn't join these type of, uh, communities just to hear how they speak to their peers and start to pick up on some of that lingo. That way, when I'm having a cold conversation with somebody, I can, I can start being a lot more relevant and, and align my core values to, uh, what they might care about. So I don't know, it's just kind of educating yourself. I think if you're selling something, you should be obsessed with the problem that you solve and you should really understand the community that you're sell that you're selling to. And that will, uh, take you a long way. Yeah. You can learn their lingo so much better. I completely agree. I think like whenever I'm training new SDRs, like I try to have them focus more on the customer and their problems rather than the product, because that's how they're going to speak their language better and sound more fit. Um, I want to cover one thing real quick because I, I saw a couple of people asking about it earlier, which is ways to kind of go through jobs data. And one thing you can do if like you're an SDR and AE listening to this, you don't have budget to buy a bunch of tools, but you want to find some kind of free or scrappy ways to do this. I'll share my screen real quick. Um, this is something I've done a lot of. 
So let's say, um, you know, we'll keep it simple, right? From like, let's say Mailshake's example, um, I want to look for people that are hiring uh, BDRs and SDRs because that's the product that, or that's the, those are the type of users that use my product, right? So I can search business development representatives. And the goal here is to find job postings for business development representatives for me to then reach out and say, hey, it looks like you're hiring BDRs and then mention keywords in those job postings. So you can do this straight from LinkedIn uh, and then you can do a lot of filtering as well. Like you can filter by things on site, remote, whatever that is. Um, I like to filter by past 24 hours to get the most relevant results. Um, and then there's this really cool tool called TextAU, which is relatively cheap. And I think they have a free plan as well that I've used. Again, if you're, you know, don't have budget to spend in a lot of software uh, and it can basically, it's a Chrome extension. It can scrape all of these job postings for you, uh, including the job descriptions and keywords, push that into a CSV file so that you can filter these accounts and figure out the best people to reach out to. Um, and again, when you read these job postings, you'll figure out things like what software they're using, uh, that you can then, or, you know, what are the, like, uh, the responsibilities that you can tie into your messaging. And so it's a really simple way. Again, we mentioned it earlier, job postings is one of the best places to look for information and buying signals. Um, and just a combination of LinkedIn jobs, as well as uh, a relatively cheap software, or even a free plan can get you a long way. Um, and so I just figured I'd share that. It's something that's helped me out a lot. I don't know, Zach, have you ever done something similar in the past, but yeah, if you want, I could, I could show you in like 30 seconds how we would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Let's see it. Wow. Live, live demo here. Um, hold on. Can you see my, my SIF screen? Yeah. Awesome. So this, I, I dove in, I filtered by, by data governance as an example. Um, and then I found that T row price, uh, they, they mentioned data governance in a job posting and it happens to be the director of data governance. So I could, I could dive out to that job posting itself. Um, and see a little bit about what they're doing. And now I see uh, they have a newly established chief data office as part of the COO's office. This role of the director of data governance reports to the head of data governance. Um, and then I see that they're looking to have a successful implementation of a new data governance framework. So we highlight where that keyword is mentioned in that job post and the sentence around it. Um, but then I had the contact. So I actually looked up that head of data governance and it looks like they hired, uh, this individual. So then I tagged my SDR and said, Hey, let's go after, after Kara, um, as a part of that newly established chief data office. So there was a lot, I figured out five different titles that I need to be reaching out to from that one post and that they're, uh, currently starting this new data governance process. I did that for 12 other accounts here. So I created a list and then now I can, I can call upon that list, um, called the active projects. Um, and then I can bring in those contacts and then I could filter, uh, I could filter by maybe, uh, maybe, uh, chief data officer, right. Um, as an example, and now I've got I've got the, of those 12 companies, I've got 43, I could really personalize my messaging to. Um, so just wanted to uh, show that real quick. Um, how do I stop sharing here? No, that's that's super slick. It's like you're making it super easy to keep everything in one space when it comes to finding these buying signals and the context to reach out to. Um, oh yeah, here I can share my screen and maybe see if it goes away. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. No worries. Oh, it's saying I cannot screen share while you are. Is the bar just missing for you? 
Yeah, the bar is missing for me. Hold on. Here you go. Oh, there we go. It was up in my other... Uh... <laughs> no worries. Um, cool. Well, we're going to jump into Q&A real quick, but before we get into some of the Q&A, again, feel free to drop any questions you guys have. Um, Zach, I just want to ask you, again, before we jump into the Q&A, like, speaking to anybody who's a sales rep here, uh, SDRAE, or maybe their manager, and right now what they're doing is kind of the process we talked about before, where they're just kind of sending out high volume emails with no real re relevance uh, or feel like they aren't getting a high enough response rate. Any advice you'd give to them to start, uh, you know, figuring out how to go about some of the process we talked uh, about today and how they can start writing more relevant messaging? Yeah, I uh, I, I think you can reach out to us at siftai.com. Um, we'd be happy to, to walk you through how we're approaching it. Uh, it's really a culture change, like I, I mentioned before. I think uh, spray and pray, if not already dead, is is dying very quickly. I think companies are realizing their deliverability scores are getting destroyed, um, and there's there's certainly going to be generative AI filtering out there that is saying if you're not if you're not tied to uh, value, then then we'll send you to spam kind of thing. So personalization is the only way to go. Um, getting our getting our uh, reps out of Excel spreadsheets and manual research is just it's really a waste of time um of precious time that these these individuals could be selling so we want to be able to onboard reps faster and find uh find valuable uh pipeline and do so driven based off of the data so that's kind of our goal value matching is that concept that we really talked about at the beginning but um we want to really match companies with the the best prospects that they can most likely sell to so they're they're not wasting their time and they're spending time on the right account. So that's kind of the the main focus. Yeah, for sure. And I'll just add as well. Like I I completely agree with you, Zach. I think the direction that uh, a lot of like you know with all the AI tools out there and the things we can do. I think spray and pray is getting easier to just like blast out like I'll say air quotes relevant emails at scale. And I think to your point about deliverability, it's only going to get worse because Gmail and Outlook their whole goal is to provide a good user experience for their customers. And so if their users are getting all these emails blasted at them, they're marking them as spam, they're deleting them, they're only going to make deliverability harder. And so I think the only answer is to kind of slow down your approach, figure out which accounts you're best for, and reach out with relevant messaging that has some personalization in it. And I think it's only going to push more and more in that direction as time goes on, because uh, on the other end, you know, emails are being blasted out and deliverability is just going to get worse. So I completely agree. Um, let's jump into some of these questions. We have one here from Hassan. He says, what would you recommend for lead generation to an AE as a one-man army uh, with no leads at the moment? Uh, what's the fastest way to generate quality leads? Yeah, well, I can I can speak to how we would do it in SIF because we just did it for, uh, we, we, help, we help startups all the time kind of build this uh, go-to-market. First, it would be understanding who is your ICP or ideal customer profile. So um, for this company, there are three, three man band. So I'll, uh, I'll say that, uh, I feel like that's kind of relevant to what this person asked. Yeah. Um, they were like, Hey, we want in the United States, we want banking and insurance between 500 million and 5 billion, uh, in annual revenue. Um, and they, they have this specific technology. So that yielded like 600 accounts that we could then go and prioritize by their very specific uh, keywords and triggers that they set up in the the prioritization algorithm. Uh, we prioritize that, and now we can look at what are our real a like people typically tier their accounts like A B C D like 
what are the real A accounts? And we did that based off of the data, not just not just uh, reaching out to Nike because I, I grew up and loved Nike, um, but reaching out to a specific company because, and it might be a completely unknown company that's showing very uh, hot buying signs for you and a, a good many symptoms of problems that you can solve. So that's how that's how we would approach it. Um, I would say that the companies with the one man band, the startups, uh, value matching is is most relevant because your target audience is is unlimited virtually, right? So like uh, where you spend your time is more important decision than any any other that you'll make. So focusing on the right accounts, it's not like a, an AWS that has seven reps for every single account, yeah. um, but it's you versus the world. So if, if you want to keep up and, and, and win in these deals, you have to be ahead of the game and focusing on accounts that are, are very much a value fit. Yeah. Good answer. Um, good stuff. We have one from, uh, from Linda here. Uh, she said she got lost in where the buying signals come from. Uh, basically, just a general question: Where are you getting these buying signals from, and 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 how could you see them in a consolidated view? I think that's your question. Just in general, where are you getting the buying signals from? Yeah, various news outlets as well as job postings, um, and then the like the typical technographics and firmographics from the like the data providers out there. Awesome, cool. And then we've got another one from Hassan. Uh, with jobs on LinkedIn, we get the email, so you can see the email of a hiring manager, which is not relevant in every case, which I agree with. Um, he says he needs to reach out to CTOs or IT folks from these job postings. What would you suggest? So I guess their, their question is like, hey, I'm seeing these job postings, but then how do I go find the relevant context at those accounts? Yeah, if you saw in that little 30 second demo, I think it may have been a minute. I I did have a list that I created. So I, I created that list by filtering my accounts and that generated a list of companies or targets to go after. And then I went into our discover feature uh, and I said, I, if you remember, I asked for all the chief data officers at that, uh, those 12 companies and it yielded a list, uh, of, I think 43 contacts. So that's the, that's the great part is we built this end to end experience where you're all in the same tool, uh, not having to jump out to all these different places and cobble it all together. Um, so it's, it's building the list and getting the contacts associated with what you want by title or by location or whatever, whatever you would want to filter by. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like, you know, just go on their LinkedIn profile as well, go on the, the sales, like the sales navigator page, you can find specific yeah. uh, contacts from that account as well, if you're trying to do things manually. But uh, last question here, um, how do you recommend applying these strategies and research if the companies we target are smaller businesses without the social presence of a larger company? Yeah, I mean, th that is tough. Um, the way that we're scrape we're scraping is for like job postings and news. So if they don't have any news and they don't have if they're posting zero job postings, um, like a restaurant, uh, like a restaurant that is just like a, a single restaurant, it's not a chain. Yeah. They're probably not going to be uh, uh, something that shows up in Sift for like like getting your your buying signals. We still could help you build your your uh your value messaging and get the contacts if they uh if our data provider has the contact with the email and the like the phone numbers and all that um but yeah it's it's tough it it's really meant for enterprise b2b uh so just kind of keep that in mind 
Yeah. And I mean, I think there's other approaches you can take if you're reaching out to smaller businesses as well. Like just on their website, you can find the way that they're talking about their company. Usually like even smaller businesses, if they have a website, they're talking about certain news that's going on within their business. So you can, I would approach it like going to their website, see what you can find there. Um, but good stuff. We're at time here. Um, just to kind of recap everybody, we discussed the importance of value matching and looking for buying signals so you could write more relevant messaging. We talked about a few ways you can do that, as well as some examples of real messaging you can send uh, to reach out to these folks. Um, Zach, any final message you want to send the crowd or any place they can go reach out to you after this? Yeah, uh, our website is siftai.com. And then I have, I've been most active on LinkedIn, X or formerly Twitter and YouTube. Uh, and you can find me at Zach Wright Sift, Sift with a Y. Um, and, and it's the same for all of those uh, medians. I also have, I'm also a, an avid Pelotoner and my name is also Zach Wright Sift there. So uh, feel free to catch me any of those places. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks, Zach. Thanks everyone for listening and we will see you all tomorrow.